0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. First thing
1: you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up.
2: Uh,
0: and it's a race from here on no matter what happens he's got him this time here they come on turn four must go faster it's gonna be a drag race. they touch they touch oh my god he's gonna do it It it's a video game move have you ever no i've never wow (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) you ain't first you're last
1: Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, Predictive Analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, Stephen Young of Roto-Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma Raceway here on Running Hot. Last weekend, Kyle Busch claimed his third checkered flag of the season, marking the most wins he's had in a cup season since 2019, four years ago. He finished ahead of Denny Hamlin, who was in second, former teammate Denny Hamlin, and Joey Logano in third place. But Stevie, I really want to talk about the Kyle Busch renaissance, man. What do you make of it? How many more wins do you think he can get? And what are his championship prospects?
2: Yeah. I mean, his, what was his win total? One and a half. We talked about it on the preseason show. Hope you got that. (laughs) We're not even halfway through the season. He's at three wins. So, I mean, when Kyle's racing this well, I think he has to be in the conversation for a championship favorite, not even just like a final four favorite. And I mean, he keeps doing this. He's going to keep racking up playoff points and, you know, guys like Chase Elliott, they're falling way behind playoff point wise. I think Chase wins and gets into the playoffs for what it's worth. Eventually think that team's too good to miss the playoffs and you know we look at the caliber of drivers that already qualified for the playoffs technically i guess we could get more than 16 winners but i don't think that's going to happen i think kyle is he's just he's so good rcr has speed this like rcr hendrick like collaboration with the engine stuff like i mean we all knew it was going to be a good year for kyle i thought it was going to be a good year for kyle but i didn't think we'd be talking about him having his third win already this season
1: yeah, I didn't think we'd be talking about him having three wins before halfway mark of the whole season. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. I mean, Tyler Reddick had, what, three wins last year in that car, and, and Kyle Busch has done that in half the season. So that is extremely impressive, and I do think you have to keep him in the championship conversation, especially just because he already has all those playoff points now. So that's going to be a boost yep. just through getting a few of those rounds. So definitely in the championship conversation for me and historically Phoenix been a pretty good track for him, which of course Phoenix raceway is where the championship race will be. So certainly don't count out Kyle Busch. Any last thoughts on the, the racing at gateway? I know there's a lot of mixed response this week. I thought it was good. I don't think you
2: want to really like say it was a bad race. I think that maybe we get a tire that falls off a little bit more because tires meant absolutely nothing. And that, I mean, I feel like that's why a lot of people were like, Oh, the race wasn't good, but honestly the race was good. Like there was a lot of good racing, a more fall off tire and like the non brake issues. But I think, you know, the brake issues are going to happen. Like you have a racetrack that we haven't run a lot. This is only the second time that we've ever run a cup race there. And, They're going to figure it out. So I'm not too concerned about the brake issues. It doesn't even sound like the teams are too concerned about the brake issues from everything that I've heard this week. So I thought the racing was good. It's a multi-groove racetrack. We get a little bit more tire fall off there with a different tire, and we're going to see a lot more passing. So I think that overall, I liked it. I think Gateway should stay on the schedule. I just hope that... If it does stay on the schedule, we get a little bit more tire fall off at different tire. Like it shouldn't have been the same tire that we brought there from Richmond and stuff like that because, you know, it just didn't produce any tire fall off. And honestly, the fast cars were fast. And I mean, that's what we want, right? Like on the betting and fantasy side of things, like we want to be able to predict the fast cars. And,
1: you know, we were able to do that this week. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I agree with you. I thought the race was really good, actually. Was it the best race of the year? No, not even close, but it was a good race. And I think this is two years in a row. Gateway's produced some very good racing. Like you, I'm not concerned about the brake issues. I actually think, not that I think it's good that NASCAR, you know, or we have a race where there's brake issues, but, you know, it's just kind of the old classic NASCAR feel where, a little bit of attrition due to mechanicals or this, that, or the yeah. other. You know, I, I like that stuff. We don't want all these cars to always be pristine for every race and have no problems. At least in my opinion. So yeah, I thought it was a good race. It was hard to pass up front, but in the mid pack, even closer to the front, inside the top ten, you could pass. It was just once you got to those top two or three spots, it became pretty difficult. And I think, like you said, with a a different tire that'll wear a little bit more, this could be a spectacular race. But I thought the racing very good at Gateway, but. This week, we are headed to Sonoma Raceway for our second road course race of the year. Sonoma is a 12-turn, 1.99, almost two-mile road course, but it is quite different from the first road course we raced at this year, Circuit of the Americas, aka COTA, which is almost a a three-and-a-half mile, 3.426 miles in length, that road course there. Overall, hits some, some faster speeds, has some longer straightaways, and it has a much younger surface age, track age, right? It was 2011 is when Koda was born, essentially. So that's the age of the surface. There is about 11, 12 years, but Sonoma hasn't been repaved since 2000. So we're gonna have more tire wear here at Sonoma on a you know a tighter course. So Stevie, what do you think we are expecting this weekend at Sonoma? Remember, no more stage breaks as well in terms of the yellow flag cautions. We'll still get the points but no more yellow flags. So what are we expecting at Sonoma? Well, I don't think
2: we'll see a bunch of turn one dive bombs and bumper cars that we saw at Coda. Coda, it was so good for like the first 75% of the race, and then it just turned into chaos. But Sonoma is one of my favorite road courses. And I mean, for years we had Sonoma and Watkins Glen, and no offense to a lot of the road courses we race. I think we should get rid of the Charlotte Oval. I think the Charlotte Oval with this car would be fantastic. Go back to the Brickyard. And leave like three or four road courses on the schedule. But Sonoma is my favorite road course. It's such a good road course. It's a a road course where we have a lot of data to look at. Not as much with the new car, but enough where you know I feel really good about coming into the race. So I like Sonoma. I think it's going to be a good road course race. No stage breaks is huge. This might be a race we see like two or three cautions. This isn't a very high caution racetrack in general. So taking away the stage breaks. Like I think if you could predict the cars that are going to be fast, you're going to have a really good day.
1: Absolutely. Totally agree with you. I think, you know, I think we can see one or two, you know, Sonoma has been known to have one or two cautions here or there, but I agree. It's not going to be too many cautions in this race. And like you, and I love Sonoma, the classic, Sonoma Watkins Glen, like you were saying, I always looked forward to those races because the only two times all year we got to do it. Now we do it like six or seven times or whatever it is a year. And it's not that it's watered down, but it doesn't have the like excitement of like we're going road course racing because, you know, it was just a little bit different back before we added all these extra road courses. So I'm with you. I love Sonoma and uh, I'm excited for a good race. And like you said, I think the fast car is going to be fast. And I think we're going to be able to see that. And that really helps without those stage cautions. Now, we're still going to get the stage points. There still could be some strategy. We saw a little bit of that at Circuit of the Americas. I'm not sure how much that's going to change necessarily at Sonoma, but I think it's going to be fast cars are fast, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But the other thing is, of course, this is using the low downforce package. We used it at Coda. We've used it at the one mile and less short tracks that weren't Dover or Bristol Dirt. So- you know, we, we've we got this low downforce package, which we did not have last year at Sonoma. Does that change anything for you for this weekend's race?
2: Yes and no. I think Sonoma with the tire wear is so unique that I think if you were good here last year, I think you're going to be solid this year. That's how I'm approaching it anyway. So I hope that's the case. I think that you can look at a lot of like speed metrics. You don't want to really look at like finishing position from Coda, like who is fast at Coda, not who finished well, because like I said, there was so much chaos at the end of that race that like finishing positions outside of Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick was the fastest car in that race. So, you know, outside of him, there was a lot of drivers that, I mean, Suarez was really good. He finished, I think like 25th or 26, 27, something like that. William Byron was really good. And like, Kyle Busch kind of roughed him up on a restart and he finished like yeah. fifth or sixth. So I think yes, yes, it changes a little bit, but with the tire wear, the tire wear and managing tires on a road course, like give me my road course guys. Like give me the guys that have been fast on road courses. And I think those are the guys down or not. We're going to be looking at because of the tire wear.
1: Yeah, I agree with that for the most part. I, a good road course guys are going to be good road course guys. I do worry a little bit about the Fords, and this is kind of my manufacturer angle, just because we know they had that changed nose, which reduces the downforce. And, you know, you definitely need some some grip and some downforce through some of these corners, especially the higher speed ones and some of those S's. But... Then, you know, you add in the fact that you got the low downforce package with the new nose, and it's really taken away the downforce from the Ford. So I wonder if they're going to be slipping a little more, maybe abusing those tires a little bit more at the highest tire wear road course. So for me, I, I've bet some Fords. I bet Harvick 40 to one when he opened at one of the books where I live. And It's one of those things I have no problem betting a Ford if there's very clear value, but if it's smaller value where I would normally bet them, I'll probably end up passing. So I need very clear value for me to want to bet a Ford this week, at least until we see practice, tire wear in practice, because we did get some five and 10 lap runs in practice last year. So if we get you know, a couple of Fords making some five or 10 lap runs and we really get to see what their their speed is like and their fall off is like, then I'll feel more comfortable. But at least early week, midweek, I'm not really going to jump at the Fords unless there's some very clear value. But I do have one Ford in my picks this week. So with that said, how are we handicapping the drivers? I know you mentioned some things at Coda, you know, good road course drivers, but what does that mean? What is a good road course driver? What are we looking for?
2: Yeah. I mean, looking at, well, we've run seven races with this new car on road courses. So I'll be looking at a lot of that data. I think you can look at old Sonoma data as well, especially like probably the last four or five years, really kind of comping that tire wear. So I think overall, we still want to look at this car's numbers, because if we look back at some of the races here towards the end, like Martin Truex Jr. dominated some races, Kyle Larson Absolutely dominated the 2021 race. He's had speed before on road courses, but like that was more Hendrick setup car than it was Kyle Larson dominating the race. So, you know, you have to be somewhat careful because I mean, what, for years there was just, hey, we're going to a road course. Let's bet Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott because they dominated everything. So I think you still want to look more at this car. Maybe look at a little bit of who's done well here in the past, but I think when I'm looking at it, I'm going to be looking at a lot of the seven races that we've run on road courses so far.
1: Yeah, you know, I do think there is a little bit more specificity. I don't know if that's the right word to Sonoma track history specifically than full road. course. Obviously, I'm taking all road courses into account. But I do think there's a very specific Sonoma style that certain drivers have, and I will be looking for that. And I have a a metric called a driver quality metric, and I'm going to be relying on that for specific Sonoma track driver quality as well, because there are certain drivers that are just good at Sonoma, maybe better at Sonoma than they are at some of the other road courses. Then there's others that are worse at Sonoma than they are at some of the other road courses, even if they are good at other road courses. Tyler Reddick comes to mind for example he hasn't been great at Sonoma so far in his career we'll have to see how that of course plays out it's not a huge sample size but that's one of the things i'm kind of keeping in the back of my mind and again just on that whole tire wear thing i was crunching some some numbers from Koda and looking last year at the Fords right like Koda is kind of a medium lower medium tire wear of the road courses Last year, the Fords, we had Austin Sindrick fourth in green flag speed. We had Cole Custer ninth, and then we had Chase Briscoe 15th as the top three Fords. Well, this year, Chase Briscoe fell down to 21st. Austin Sindrick was, he was ninth, so he fell down five spots. And then Cole Custer, well, he got replaced by Ryan Priest, but the only other Ford up there this year was Michael McDowell in 10th, whereas last year Michael McDowell was down at 31st at this track so it does seem like the Fords took maybe just a small step back this year compared to where they were last year at Coda I am a little worried it's going to be maybe a little bit bigger step back this year but you know that's one of those things like I said I'm just going to wait for practice on these Fords to really assess what I think of their speed and especially their tire wear but that is going to do it Now for the Sonoma preview. So it is time to dive into some bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Sonoma. Now, I know this is a 12 turn track, but we don't got time for 24 picks here between me and Stevie. So we are going to do our four turns as usual. One pick for Stevie and one pick for myself per turn before we drive in a victory lane. So Stevie, we're going to take that green flag and, uh, you know, after the green flag, into turn one is another left hander, kind of like we see on all the ovals. So, time to take the green flag. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, start us off with your turn one pick.
2: First of all, if people want us to do 24 picks at a road course next year, they need to get <laughs> a lot of likes and downloads, and we'll do it. I mean, it would be a marathon podcast, it'll be like three hours long, but we'll do it. Absolutely. Uh, my turn one pick, all joking aside, I'm gonna go to a Ford just for Nick. A Chris Busher, <laughs> top 10, minus 112 here. I mean, he was the fastest car here last year. So even if they fall off a little bit, and we're looking at him going from the fastest car to maybe like the seventh or eighth fastest car. I still like his top 10 mm-hmm. odds here. Six top ten finishes and seven road courses with the new car. Like that is an insane rank. He's obviously has one of the best average finishes. He ranks six in speed in those seven races. I like this all the way to like minus 125. I think this is going to move a lot throughout the week and throughout the weekend, especially when we get practice. Like, I think he's going to be a guy that qualifies well. And he's someone that if he qualifies inside the top 10, this probably moves to like minus 125 to minus 140. So I hear what you're saying with the Fords and I hear you, especially looking at like the CODA data. But I'm still looking at Chris Buescher and how consistent he is, how good they are calling these races for him. And at a track with tire wear, strategy is going to come into play too. And they've been on point when it comes to strategy. So Chris Busher, top 10 minus 112 is my turn one pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is pretty hard to argue with six top 10 finishes in the seven road course races run with this car for a minus 112 price. And, you know, I actually technically do show pretty close to what you have there at minus 112 as my top 10 price on Chris Busher. But again, I'm just personally and it's cool that we're different this week because you know it gives us a couple different perspectives I'm just mentally knocking them down a little bit so I'm not gonna take that myself but I definitely understand why you're taking Chris your top 10 minus 112 for my turn one pick I'm gonna look at two of the race favorites here I'm gonna look at Kyle Larson versus Tyler Reddick and I'm gonna back Kyle Larson at anything even money or longer my model has Larson favored here over Reddick And I just think I would also favor Larson personally over Reddick simply because we talked about how this has been Reddick's worst road course. So if we look at my track quality metric, he's at minus 15% compared to what he does at an average track for him, whereas Larson is up in the positive around 6-7%. Just because Larson's so good at many places, it doesn't pop out as best track. But the fact that he's very good at Sonoma, that says a lot. Plus... Larson's been on pole five straight times here. Four of them have come on speed. One of them came on the metric after the COVID era started where they're you know setting the lineup by metric. But four of them have been on speed. So if I want to grab Kyle Larson, I want to grab him before we see qualifying. The other thing, of course, now Redick is with the Toyota camp and the Toyota camp really struggled here last year. This was their worst track by far last year of the road courses. I think it had to do with that tire where it kind of fooled me last year. When I looked at practice, I was like, oh, they had some good 10 lap times. You know, I I remember Kyle Busch and even Bubba Wallace had some solid 10 lap times, but man, their fall off was brutal here, and it just really hurt them after a handful of laps, 5, 10 laps. They really struggled. So if they haven't picked that up this year, and, and again, I know obviously Tyler Reddick won at Coda, but... Tyler Reddick is really good at the higher speed. Some of these higher speed road courses, Coda is bigger. It can be high speed in a lot of places, Road America, things like of that nature. This particular track hasn't necessarily suited him as well. So even if he's a leap ahead of the other Toyotas, I still think it's a step back just because this is a not his necessarily his best road course track so far. So I'm going to take Kyle Larson over Tyler Reddick. Anything even or plus money here?
2: Yeah, and I mean, if you look at what Reddick did last year at Watkins Glen too. He kind of struggled at both of the traditional road courses. You mentioned how the speed road courses were the ones that, I mean, you look at it, he ranked top five in speed in almost every single one of those, the Roval, Coda, Indy Road Course, Road America. He was one of the best, if not the best car at all of those racetracks. He really struggled at Watkins Glen. He really struggled at Sonoma. He was the second fastest at Coda last year, and then was 17th fastest at Sonoma. So yeah, I mean, overall, I don't hate this. Larson's not my favorite road course racer, but like you said, track position is going to be something that's really important without the stage cautions and all that strategy coming into play. So if Larson is able to continue his streak of, you know, dominating the qualifying here, he's such a huge favorite in qualifying betting. It's it's so wild.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Kyle Larson has won here at Sonoma. He won in 2021. Last year, he started on the pole, and he and Chase Elliott were both really good, but they both bit themselves with strategy and, and other mistakes. And I'm mean, not themselves necessarily as the drivers, but the team bit them with some mistakes and some strategy and stuff like that. But we don't have those stage issues to worry about this time, so I, I do like that bet on Kyle Larson. So that is turn one. Time to take the next right-hander into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, lead us into turn two here.
2: Yeah, I'm going back to Ford. I think that there's just too much value on this one this week. Michael McDowell, top 10, plus 110. Like Michael McDowell, we talked about him for years on like how good he is at like high-breaking racetracks and how good he is at road courses, and the equipment just kind of failed him. Well, that hasn't been the case with the new car, right? He's ranked inside the top five in speed with the seven road courses with the new car, ranked third in speed last year at Sonoma, I worry about the tire wear with the Fords. I agree with you on that. But I also realize that Michael McDowell is really good at his managing his equipment in general. So average finish at 11.0 in the seven road courses with the new car. I mean, this is a guy that I really want to target without these stage breaks because I think he is someone that if we do run like full fuel runs to really kind of maximize strategy... He's really good at managing his equipment. So Michael McDowell top 10 plus 110 is my turn to pick. He's
1: super good at managing his equipment and... Got me a eleven to one last week, top ten finish there, just by hanging on to those various two tire strategies that he was doing. So that was pretty nice, just grabbing that track position and managing, you know, his restarts and taking some nice lines there. So I think he can do that here, and he is also my turn to pick. I'm going a little different though. I got him to win his group at plus two eighty, and he's facing some heavy hitters. But you know, those are heavy hitters at a lot of the other tracks: Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. And of those three, only Martin Truex Jr. has a positive driver quality at Sonoma. So Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano over their last four incident-free Sonoma races, they actually are at minus 9.5% and minus 14.8% for Logano in driver quality at Sonoma, whereas Truex is positive 18%, but... Michael McDowell is positive 24%. So then, you know, what we say, well, it's a Ford. Well, yeah, Joey Logano is also a Ford. And then Truex and Handler and Toyotas, which had, like I talked about the issues last year, could potentially still have some tire wear issues this year at Sonoma. So I like this because I'm not facing a Chevy here with Michael McDowell. So eliminating those Chevys, which I'm really high on this week, I have no problem backing Michael McDowell plus 280 for all the reasons you said as well, Stevie. I mean, if we just look at speed with
2: the road course with this new car, I mean, he should be the favorite in this group. Logano ranks 21st, Hamlin ranks 22nd, and Truex ranks 15th. And Michael McDowell, like I mentioned when I was just talking about him, top five in speed. So I love this one. I might tell this one. I, I like it a lot.
0: Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hi there, listeners. We're
3: back to invite you to head into this sports betting summer with new gear built to last. And friends of the podcast, Shady Rays have you covered against the glare of that summer sun with premium polarized Shades. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company offering world-class products, durable frames, the clearest possible optics, and Shady Rays also offers the best protection plan in all of eyewear. How good is it? Well, every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean? Here's what they told me. It means if you lose or break your pair, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, it's okay. You don't need to cry about it. You Just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And you can look good and feel good because to date, Shady Rays has donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. That's nice. So exclusively for you, our beloved podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal, Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses, and you can try for yourself the shades
1: rated five stars by over 200,000 people. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, DC, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. So that is turn two, and now it's time to head into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, what do you got for us in
2: turn three, Stevie? Okay, this wasn't on purpose, I promise. This was not on <laughs> purpose. Austin Cindric is 20-1 to 1 at BetMGM. We love BetMGM, and... I really didn't do this on purpose. Me and Nick, we chatted a little bit before, but I didn't put three Fords in a row. Just know my fourth pick is not a Ford. Top five in speed with the new car on road courses as well. He's another guy that I think is going to benefit from the stage break. He's a really good road course racer. This is the type of racing that he grew up on. Obviously, if you know who his dad is, you know this is the type of racing that we know Austin Sindrick is good at. Look at what he did in the Xfinity Series and the road courses. Second best average finish, third highest driver rating in those seven races, highest quality pass percentage in the seven road courses. He has been a guy that has been bit by strategy and bad pit stops and all that stuff at these road courses, but the speed is there. Now we're taking away the stage breaks and losing that part of the race, and I think he's someone, even if we looked at Coda was running in the top five a lot. He was one of, if not the best Ford in that race. So mm-hmm. I think 20 to one is just nice value. I think that if he struggles in practice and he comes in at like 25, 26, 27, I probably double down on it, but I'm very high on Austin Cindric this week.
1: Yeah, he was in terms of green flag speed. He was the fastest Ford at Coda. And you mentioned quality there. Well, my driver quality metric, number one, in driver quality at Sonoma, Austin Cindric. So, this is a very good track for him. I'm not saying he's the best driver like the guy that should be favored just in terms of how he compares to the rest of his tracks. He is number 1 among all drivers. So, I could get behind that. I think I'm going to wait for practice to get behind that and if, you know, the speeds there and the fall off isn't as high, I will be definitely telling you on this one. For my turn 3 pick, this is a fun one. So, if you look at the top Toyotas, Tyler Reddick is minus 240. And then the other five Toyotas, Christopher Bell, Martin Trix Jr., Denny Hamlin, Ty Gibbs, and Bubba Wallace. I'm going to back all of them. And you can size this right to where Bell's plus 550, Trix is plus 650, Hamlin seven to one, Gibbs eight to one, Bubba Wallace nine to one. You can size it right so where you can spend one unit total. And if any of them finish top Toyota, you profit. I think you make like 0.6 units if you use like an arbitrage calculator as long as reddick doesn't win this one and given what i talked about with reddick this being his worst road course and tricks hamlin gibbs all really good road course races you could if you want leave bubble wallace off of this uh, i wouldn't hate that by any means because he is even worse than tyler reddick in terms of the driver quality metric here and that gives you a little bit of extra potential profitability as well as long as one of the other four hit bell true x hamler gibbs so that's what i'm gonna do here my turn three pick is backing the toyota field versus Tyler Reddick. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's
2: the craziest thing, right? Because you are... It's technically five drivers against one. You know, we've seen Ty Gibbs, and he's someone that has really excelled at road courses in his career, kind of out of nowhere. You know, we didn't expect him to come out and win his first ever race on a road course, and he did. So I don't know if I'd leave Bubba Wallace off. I think I would include him and just take the five drivers against one, profit if it hits. And Wallace was actually... If we look at the metrics from Coda, he was probably the second best Toyota in that race. So, hey, having Tyler Reddick as a teammate might benefit a guy like Bubba Wallace who... And you know, and he's talked about it a lot. He has spent a lot of time trying to mm-hmm. get better at road courses. So, yeah, I don't. And I he don't, has. He absolutely I, has. <laughs> I don't think you can leave Bubble off. I think you just, I think you go for what you originally thought. Like, yeah. take all the Toyota drivers against Reddit.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you can spend one unit to make 0.6 units approximately with the, the arbitrage calculator, which I believe you can find one at Action Network. So, that is turn three. Stevie, lead us in the turn four. I'm Noah Gregson,
2: and this is Turn Four here on Running Hot. All right, what do you got? All right, like you, I'm pretty high on the Chevys as well. So Daniel Suarez, sixteen to one, won this race last year. Crazy that he's sixteen to one here. He ranked second in speed in that race last year. Ranked second in speed at Coda earlier this year as well. Before all the chaos happened at the end of the race, third in speed in road courses with the new car. Best driver rating at Sonoma and Watkins Glen last season. And overall, I mean, I really thought this would come in at like 10 to one. So I think this line is going to be one that moves in the favor of the books. So I want to jump on this one early 16 to one. Daniel Suarez, a guy that he's kind of the opposite. He hasn't been as good at the like high speed road courses, but the technical ones, we've seen a lot of good racing from Suarez and obviously a guy that I think is going to be pretty pumped up coming back to Sonoma after winning last
1: year. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is a value. My model has it as pretty thin value here. I have them about plus 1450 as fair value. I know some of the other math modelers, NASCAR modelers that you know I know and respect have value on this as well. So definitely could get behind that Daniel Suarez, especially because he's in the Chevy. So maybe I'm a little bit extra. Maybe I'll end up tailing this one as well. For my turn four pick, I'm going to stay in the Chevy camp. I already uh, tracked this in the Action Network app at much longer odds, but I still like Austin Dillon's top 10 at five and a half to one plus 550. Still have it just too long here in terms of the price, which is good for us as betters because I have him right around 19, 20% to finish inside the top 10, finished 11th here last year. Like Bubba Wallace, he's made a lot of progress over the years. At road course racing and has gotten a lot better. So of the road courses, this is, you know, not a bad track for him at all. So just gonna take turn four, make it the Chevy turn, Stevie.
2: Yeah, I don't hate this one. I think that getting it at plus five fifty makes me feel a little bit better, but really benefited last year from having Reddick as a teammate and you know, really excelled. The guy that really struggled at road courses early in his career, and we saw a huge difference last year. So hopefully he can take what he learned last year and apply it. And I don't think this is crazy. Yeah,
1: so that is it for turns at Sonoma. But we still got to drive all the way around the track and take the checkered flag. So, Stevie, what is our victory lane pick here?
2: Yeah, I mean, so we're going back to the Chevys. AJ Allmendinger top five, plus 250. Like this one a lot. This is one that I'm definitely jumping on here early in the week. AJ is a guy that is just really good at road courses. Struggled at Sonoma last year because of some issues. But overall, this is a guy that has had a ton of speed. He showed a ton of speed at Coda. Now we're getting full-time A.J. Allmendinger. And after he dominates the Xfinity race on Saturday and gets some track time, he's going to come out and he's going to dominate this race. So A.J. top five, getting it at plus 250 is something I really like here.
1: Yeah, I like it as well. And he's the only other one that we haven't mentioned yet in the top five of my driver quality metric. We mentioned Sindrick, Busher, Suarez, and McDowell. We have bets on all of those between me and you. A.J. Allmendinger is the other one. So we are backing him as our victory lane Hey, one more a little thing we got to do here, Stevie. Real quick, who do you got? Denny Hamlin Bracket Challenge Finals. Brad Kozlowski versus William Byron. I don't even think it's remotely close. Give me William Byron. And here comes
0: Byron. William Byron will win.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's close either. Certainly, Brad had a, a good race here last year. But again, I'm just so high on Chevy. So William Byron It is for me. We're both taking Byron to win the Denny Hamlin first edition of the Denny Hamlin Bracket Challenge. Hopefully there'll be a monetary incentive award for the drivers next year, but that remains to be seen. But that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Toyota Save Mart 350 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Ally 400 at Nashville. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7
3: at 1-800-GAMBLER.